0: This is Bob's World. Good morning, I'm Bob Welch. Some thoughts on the World Series this year that bring me back to 2013 and the nexus of postseason baseball and other team sports more familiar to cold weather in a minute. This time, a 5-0 lead was more than enough for the Houston Astros. A day after allowing the Philadelphia Phillies to come back to win 6-5 in extra innings, the Astros took care of business in Game 2 on Saturday, winning 5-2. Framer Valdez went 6.1 innings, giving up one run and striking out nine, while Houston led off the game with three straight extra base hits, a first in World Series history. And Alex Bregman, two-run home run, added some insurance, but Houston was in control of this game from the very first pitch. But this feature isn't about an individual game, as it is the schedule and the nervous what-ifs that plague anyone who's worked in a small radio station. Even stations not so small like WDEV, which, after all, is 5,000 watts by day, covering most of the state of Vermont at least on the eastern side of the Green Mountains, but they've got an extra FM frequency to cover those other spots down the Lake Champlain Valley on the west side, nearly down to Rutland. I heard the station while in park safari in Hemingford, Quebec, as emus gazed wearily at yours truly in the driver's seat of a Mercury Mariner, but I digress. This nervousness and uneasiness of which I speak has to do with the question which always exists in broadcasting, what are we doing next? I was told by someone many years ago, especially with regards to television, don't get caught watching television while directing the show. It'll all grind to a halt. This perennial question is the stuff of people like yours truly laying awake at night, and running scenarios through their heads, especially when it comes to a radio station that airs live play-by-play sports. When I was at WSTJ, I was approached by Howie Sylvester, a longtime producer of the Red Sox radio network, who was at this point in charge of the Patriots radio network as he'd moved to another Boston radio station. It was around this time that 98.5 The Sports Hub had launched in Boston, a radio station that took the Patriots broadcast from the old rock station WBCN. And WSDJ aired those Patriots games to our small Northeast Vermont audience. Howie Sylvester had a dilemma, as he had been given the Bruins radio network to oversee, and the flagship of that network had changed in the launch of this new sports radio station in Boston in 2009. The Bruins, for decades, had been on WBZ Radio 1030 with a 50,000-watt clear-channel signal that on its own covers the entirety of New England at night. The signal is so strong that my Uncle Ronald, who lived in Indiana for decades, but who grew up in the Boston area, followed the Bruins over WBZ. The signal came in like a local station there at night. Howie Sylvester had asked me if I wanted to join the Brumans radio network in addition to the Patriots radio network that he was already sending me games from. Now I had a dilemma. I knew my mission that I chose to accept was to keep the revenue coming in. And the best way to do that was live sports play-by-play. WSGJ had been on the Red Sox radio network since it signed on the air in 1949. We joined a few September Patriots games in progress after the Red Sox game ended. He understood that. I'd love to take the Bruins, but what about conflicts? You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. In radio, a conflict is when you are an affiliate of two live sports play-by-play radio networks, and the games that you have contracted with the flagship station to take are airing at the exact same time. It's even more intense if you are the flagship yourself of a team and you are an affiliate of something else. And both games are important. Sitting in October, there aren't too many conflicts between the Bruins and Red Sox, and it's an obvious that you air the Red Sox game and join the Bruins in progress if that game is still going on after the Red Sox have ended. The situation in April which could hang on until June, would be a different matter entirely. Do I really have the nerve to substitute the Red Sox with the Bruins and join the Red Sox in progress after? I don't have another station for what we'd call overflow, where I just put the other game on in its entirety on the other station. And over the years, I'd heard stories of this kind of thing over in Waterbury at WDEV. Years before I'd arrived, an elder at the station told me that there was a point where they wanted to affiliate with everything, because there's all sorts of revenue in live play-by-play sports. And as such, they would run a Red Sox game live and tape record a Celtics game, or a Patriots game, or even a Giants game, and run it in its entirety afterwards. You heard part of that right, I'll repeat it again. A Patriots game or a Giants game. They affiliated with both teams for a while. Yes, you can already envision the nightmare. A Patriots game on at the exact same time as a Giants game. What the heck are you going to do? And at that time, they didn't have the FM. Remember when the networks in the 1980s would promote same-day coverage of a sporting event? That meant it was on a delay. I remember doing this for Thunder Road stock car races on WDEV, but uh, that situation, it's obvious the Red Sox take precedence. The same-day coverage of sports play-by-play are long gone. It's 2022 now. And really, any time in my career would have been after the time when delaying and then airing in full, a sporting event, could have been allowed. We have smartphones now that give us push alerts. Talk about spoilers. So, in that year of 2010, when I got the call for the Bruins games, I declined. I knew I would have created another revenue stream for the dark winter nights when the Red Sox were long since in hibernation, but I just couldn't take the risk of preempting a Red Sox game for a Bruins game in the spring. After all, people have gotten used to hearing the Red Sox on my radio station since it signed on. Same's true for WDEV as WSDJ. Now, fast forward to a few years later. 2013, I was in the evening shift at WDEV, and as I gazed at the schedule for sports in front of the control board, this thought hit me. World Series Game 7, if necessary, would be Halloween night. How spooky! Not exactly what a Red Sox fan necessarily wants to hear. Also, we had on our schedule the first night of Norwich hockey with George Como. And we were the flag station for that. Through that week, as I followed the games that we were airing, I contemplated how close we were getting for this ultimate sports scheduling conflict. I thought of one option, put the Norwich Hockey on the FM and the Red Sox on the AM. Okay. Then I thought of a time many years earlier, when I was at WDEV the first time, from 2002 to 2008, when Montpelier got a New England collegiate baseball league team, the Vermont Mountaineers, and we wanted to air the games. So we put the Red Sox games on the FM and the Mountaineers on the AM. And we logged the phone calls. What I know about courage, I learned from my adoptive mom. She said, sometimes you just gotta hold on and know we'll get through this. Mom, we are so high up. Hold my hand. (laughs) No, you hold my hand. Here we go. (laughs) Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. Visit AdoptUSKids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Where the Mountaineers play is in a blind spot of the F.M., so we put the Mountaineers on the AM. That makes sense? (laughs) You You might know where I'm coming to next. It reminded me of a wise line from my general manager, Eric Michaels. He said, Bob, we may own equipment and have production orders, sales invoices, sales bills, engineering bills, and paychecks, but we don't own the station. They do they'll let us know when we screw up always I thought of this as I learned who owned the radio station our listeners the WDEV AM and FM signal patterns cover different territory some overlapping territory but most of it not the FM signal didn't get into Montpelier until a booster signal was built after I left the FM signal was where we put the Red Sox game in that situation and what do I tell the caller who wants the Red Sox game but is tuning to the AM and hearing the New England Collegiate Baseball League? You just logged the complaint. My partner, Lee Cattell, was running the Mountaineers game on the AM and I was running the Red Sox game on the FM. We called this a split feed, as normally both stations are run on the same board because it's really one station and two frequencies. We were both answering the phones and logging the complaints, I honestly forget what year it was, name and town and phone number and the complaint, so those above us would be able to gauge the discontent. And somewhere afterwards, a decision was made. We never aired the Mountaineers again, another radio station entirely took them the following year. So... All of that is going on in my head as I noticed that the series in 2013 will run longer than four games and will need a sixth game, and if the Red Sox lose the sixth game, they'll need the seventh game the next night. It was a Thursday night at this point, Halloween came on a Friday that year, and the Norwich Cadets play their hockey games on Friday night and Saturday afternoons, and that pattern continues. And I was going over the scenarios, kind of in sympathy to those above me, as it was not my decision to make, but it would be someone's, and I was thinking of them. We learned what happened when we ran a split AM-FM feed with the Red Sox game in one signal and the conflict on the other. We'd been there before. And it was 2013, We sure weren't going to record the Norwich game and air it later. There were contracts signed, and the commercial rates were based upon the two signals airing the game simultaneously for both games. And it's obvious you'd better air a Red Sox World Series game in its entirety. Live. A Game 7. Then relief came. Papa, why can't we telegraph while riding a horse? Son... There ain't no one to blame but Jeffro. He was riding Old Betsy the stallion, tip tapping away at his telegraph when blam! Ran right into the side of the saloon. Well, if Jeffro can't do it, neither should you. Don't text and drive. Visit stoptextstoprex.org. A message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, and the Ad Council. The Red Sox won in six games. Programming crisis averted. Everybody from me in the studio to Eric Michaels at his home, Mr. Squire, Lee Gattel, everybody, the sales staff, the traffic director, we all breathed a sigh of relief. As ESPN reported nine years ago last night, and it happens to be nine years ago last night. The old ballpark was packed for a celebration nearly a century in the making. Players danced around the infield with their families. Fans remained in the stands, savoring a long-awaited moment generations of New Englanders have never been able to witness in person. Turmoil to triumph, worst to first, a clincher at Fenway Park. David Ortiz on the Boston Red Sox baseball's bearded wonders capped their remarkable turnaround by beating the St. Louis Cardinals 6-1 to in Game 6 on Wednesday night to win their third World Series championship in 10 seasons. So it was a Wednesday night. I told you it was a Thursday earlier. Apologies. When it was over, Ortiz took a microphone on the field and addressed the city just as he did a week after the Boston Marathon bombings in April of that year. This is for you, Boston. You guys deserve it, the series MVP said. We've been through a lot this year, and this is for all of you and all those families who struggled. And the Red Sox didn't even have to fly the trophy home. For the first time since Babe Ruth's team in 1918, Boston won the title at Fenway. The 101-year-old stadium, oldest in the majors, was packed with 38,447 singing, shouting fans, anticipating a party building for more than nine decades, said manager John Farrell, maybe they won't have to go another 95 years. And they wouldn't. They'd win another in 2018. John Farrell, in his first season as Red Sox manager. This year's World Series in 2022 will stretch into November, as Game 3 is tonight. There is a little bit of history being made with that. I'm sure you're asking, how many World Series games have been played in November? As this year's Game 4 will be, and everything after that if necessary. It's happened before, but not often. World Series games have stretched into November in 2001, 2009, and 2010. 2001 and 2009 had three November games, and 2010 just had one. Now we can add 2022 to that list and how many games there will be. There will be Game 4, but Game 3 is tonight, and we're still in October, but just for the day. Bob's World for this Monday, October 31st. I'm Bob Welch. Make it a great day, and I'll see you on the smartphone.